This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, back here, 98.5, the sports of Tim McCone's Jerome Battle, you 617-779-0985. I do want to get to the Celtics because we do have uh, Brian Robb of Mass Live here, Sharon. And, you know, there was a rumor going around Celtics Twitter last night uh, and B-Rob gets here this morning and, and not even in the elevator yet. And I'm, I'm down his throat asking him, what's the deal? Uh, and he uh, was working the phones last night and has uh, a bit of Celtics news for us. So, uh, B-Rob, what do you got? Yeah, so, um, again, like you said, McCone, the, the sleuths on Twitter were over it last night. And I was able to confirm today uh, via Team Source, the Celtics have hired Jeff Van Gundy as a senior consultant for this upcoming season. And so... When, you know, a few months after he, you know, was laid off as part of the massive ESPN layoffs as, you know, a uh, lead play-by-play color guy. Um, now the team brings in a very, another very experienced names. I'm curious to get both of your guys' reaction to this, to add a, a name like this to the fold uh, after already adding Sam Cassell and Charles Lee to the mix. All right. So uh, Jeff Van Gundy obviously uh, spent time uh, as a head coach both in New York and Houston. Uh, and then has been at ESPN, man, we're probably going on close to 15, maybe even more, because I think he called those 2008 finals games, right? So he was on there for for a long time. Yeah, it's uh, 16 finals, I believe. That's crazy. Uh, so now, uh, during the layoffs at ESPN uh, this past summer, uh, he was one of the casualties, unfortunately, but now back in the NBA uh, with the Boston Celtics. So this is a guy that's certainly been around the NBA for a long time. Like I mentioned, head coaching experience at two uh, organizations. Uh, so, Saron, we'll start with your uh, initial thoughts on this move. I agree, I agree with uh, B Rob. The whole bringing in Sam Cassell, you know, and, and Van Gundy, it goes along the lines of, man, let's get some basketball minds in here. Let's get some some experienced guys, you know, who know the game in and out. They know all the little nuances and all the little things that help you win games. And I think that's something that's been holding this team back for a while. I mean, think about how we felt when the Celtics lost their assistant coaches last year, a Stoudemire or somebody like that, who knows a little, knows a little small things and small situations in close games to where they can say, Hey man, do this or do that. Van Gundy won't be on the bench, but I think there'll be times where he can say, Hey man, I think, you know, if we do this or if we try and do that or play this guy that way or this way, we won't have these issues in these key moments. And I, ju- I think just having more veteran NBA minds that these guys would look up to, listen to, and take advice from, you know, is a huge help to this team. We don't want to call this team young. We refuse to call them young because we've seen them for so long. But Tatum Brown and Porzingis aren't even 30 years old yet. So having more my older guys in there that can say, this is how we're going to attack this team. This is what we should be doing. This is what we should be working on and practicing for. I think is huge for this team. And man, I just, I, I feel, I felt great about this team before some of the recent moves. And I just feel a whole lot better about them in the direction of this franchise. Yeah. I love this. I, I love this. Look, my biggest question coming into this year, and really there are two that I think stand out because I think this is a team that's capable now. And I think the expectation should be uh, a championship, especially after the, uh, the drew holiday acquisition. Right. And so, you know, I look at the Celtics and what are the two things that you're kind of nervous about? For me, it's obviously something that you really can't control other than kind of managing um, minutes here is health, obviously, and specifically a guy like Kristaps Porzingis, right? And can he get mm-hmm. to the finish line? Can you get that guy uh, to the postseason and contributing when it matters most? And so 
Uh, again, like I mentioned, there's not a lot you can do at this point when it comes to that. And the second thing is coaching. Because Sharon, like, look, I thought Joe Mazzula was in a brutal spot last year. I really do. Like, you know, mm-hmm. to come in two weeks before the start of the season for a team that last year had championship aspirations as well and, and take over and be the head coach when you had kind of uh, zero uh, expectations that you were going to be the guy in charge and, and leading the way. It's a it's a brutal spot for a young coach mm-hmm. to be in, right? And and I thought he did a, a pretty good job in the regular season. But I thought it, I thought it went off the rails in the postseason. I thought it went off the rails for Joe, Joe Missoula. And I thought there were times, um, you know, Philly not getting a shot off there. I forget what game it was um, when Marcus Smart and them couldn't get uh, a oh, shot yeah. off. I game thought, four. Yeah, game four. Uh, you know, giving up uh, 40 plus points in the third quarter um, to the Miami Heat and not taking a timeout at any point uh, in game one. Uh, game two, Grant Williams getting cooked at the end of that game with Jimmy Butler and not doing anything <laughs> about it. Like there were there were some pretty egregious mistakes there. And so coaching is the other thing that I looked at going, all right, if you're going to roll with Missoula again, um, you know, that's something that can kind of get in the way here of you winning a championship. And while keeping Missoula, Adding to the staff guys that have championship experience, like the assistant coaches, Sam Cassell certainly included in that, uh, is a huge part of it. And now another guy that he can kind of lean on in Jeff Van Gundy, another guy that go, can go along with Brad Stevens that's, that's been a head coach that's had that position in the league. It's not going to do anything else but but help uh, Missoula. Yeah. It's another resource for him. And, and, and put you know, we talk about putting players in a position to be successful all the time. Putting your head coach in the best position possible to be successful, I think, is what the Celtics are doing right now. And and mm-hmm. and Jeff Van Gundy being added to that staff is another step in the right direction, I think. It's huge. And I, I think it's, like you mentioned, key moments in those playoff games last year where things got tight for Joe. I mean, think about it. It got tight in the first round against the Hawks. Scurple, yeah, we, we, did. we were sitting there like, wait, what, what is going on here? And things were, when they were up big, it was cool. But when things got tight, it was, okay, let's just keep shooting threes and shoot our way out of it. And there was nobody there to tell him no. There was nobody there to say, hey, man, look, you know, there's Rob Williams standing under the basket. And he's got Kyle Lowry on him. Can somebody just throw the ball toward the rim? Just throw it over there so we can get an easy layup yeah. out of this. And instead, don't let, we're going to keep shooting threes. This is what we do. This is whatever. And I think one thing about Van Gundy that I love, and you hear it in his commentary, he's so common sense, so simple. Like, what'd you do that for? Like, there's no reason for that. And there's so many times we watch the Celtics team and say, why didn't they just do the easy thing there? Why didn't they just keep it simple? Why are you, yes, Tatum, I know you have the, the dribble moves and you can shoot the, the, the fadeaway 35-footer with a double team over you. That's good, but you know where you're more effective? When you have Max Struess on you and you're five feet from the basket. Just turn around and shoot the basketball. There's no need to, to make it hard on yourself. There's times where I think, like in a preseason game, the, I can't remember which game it was, but there was a moment where Sam Cassell grabbed Peyton Pritchett as he was going off the court. He didn't grab him like he did something wrong, but he was pointing things out. I don't know what he was saying, whatever, and he wasn't like yelling at him. But you know, Sam Cassell was all, you know really animated. Yep, he was pointing stuff out, looking. I said, "That's it. That's what they're missing. Somebody to say, hey, when he does this, you do that. When you slide this way, you slide that way. That's what they were missing. Those little things that win you games." When the games come down to one or two possessions where you can steal a possession, you can make a play and not struggle with these teams, like uh, like getting swept by the Orlando Magic last year or whatever it was, or, or blowing 25-point leads to the Nets. Like, 
a guy like a Van Gundy and a Cassell who's seen it all. This guy's been around for a while. I mean, those guys go back to Live 95. I'm, I'm not know myself, but <laughs> it's it's they've seen enough basketball and they're more common sense enough to know, hey, man, let's just keep things, let's simplify things and 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 make it easier on ourselves. But my my biggest concern and the thing I want to see, and I, he might he pretty, I'm pretty sure he'll do it. I hope he does it. Is with all this information coming from Cassell and now Van Gundy and now Brad Stevens, will Missoula listen? Yeah. Will he take that advice and apply it? You know, he mentions something during the press conference. It's up to assistant coaches, offensive guys, defensive guys. They come with their game plans, whatever, and they bring it to me, and then I tell them no, and everybody laughed. And I'm like, you bet not. I hope that's not the case because I think now, unlike last year, with the Sam Cassell and the Van Gundy now in the building, it's in your best interest to coach your behind off and listen to everything you're getting because if this team gets off to a slow start and they're sitting around 500 come Thanksgiving or Christmas, guess who all the attention is going to be on? Because everybody's looking saying, man, you got a championship roster. You have one of the great rosters we've ever seen. But here we are struggling against bad teams. All the attention is going to go back on Missoula, so I think it's in his best interest to listen to these, to listen to the advice of a of a of Van Gundy and a Sam Cassell coming in. And if he does, I think the sky's the limit for this for this roster for for a few years. All right, let's take a break to hear from our sponsor, FanDuel. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. That's two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 21 plus in President Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online, real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling help line ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play smarts from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, so I did want to ask both of you guys this, and I'll, I, I, I'll start with you, Sharon. Is there any concern at all that now that you've got these big names here, um, that there's added pressure? Like you mentioned, not necessarily like to listen to them, but if they get off to a slow start, is Missoula suddenly kind of looking over his shoulder a little bit going, wait a second now, in this organization alone, we've got uh, assistant coaches that look primed for, for head coaching jobs, and then... Oh, by the way, we've also got two former head coaches and Brad Stevens and Jeff Van Gundy on this staff as well. I think you should be looking over shoulder now. I'm not not saying in a negative way, but thinking, okay, I got to perform. I got to coach this team up. And in the preseason games, he is pacing the sidelines. He is out there yelling, do this, do that, do this. Peyton Pritchard took that three too early the other day. He was on his neck. And I'm like, good. No more sitting around, just take 53s and hope for the best because there's no one coming to take your job. It's, okay, we got to play good basketball. Or the, or not even I'm going to lose my job. Or the pressure's on us to win a championship. That's what you should be thinking about. And he is so far, even in preseason games, Missoula is up there coaching and, and, and they're responding. 
So as long as he keeps it up, I think he has nothing to worry about. But if they do get off to a slow start, the pressure is going to be on him. And he it's it's only natural to look over there and see a Sam Cassell sitting, sitting two seats over and not think, man, I better get this together. Or I'm going to be out of here. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, own. I think you nailed it. And to the good news, I think, guys, is that even this preseason, I think we're seeing Joe Mazzulla's true colors come out more. He's getting more comfortable. That when he benched Banton the other night in the yeah. preseason game, when he wasn't showing the hustle 30 seconds into the first half, we didn't see anything like from him like that last year. And that, mm-hmm. to me, is the progression of a, a younger coach who, who we're seeing his true colors now. We see the type of player he was on the court, what type of a coach he wants to be, how he wants his team to play. And now he has experience. He has the guys in his ear that will be able to push him in the right direction where he needs to. And now I think, well, like I said, it's gonna, we're going to see, we're going to have to see it. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him, but the, the early signs on that front are good. I'm, I'm with you, B-Rob, too, because you go back to last year and, you know, to, to you know, in, in, a, in a way, if you're Joe Missoula and you get that job, right, and everything goes down with Ime Adoka and game three of the season, you're benching someone because they didn't die for a loose ball. Mm-hmm. That's a tough spot to be in because they're mm-hmm. looking at you going, man, you're the interim head coach, first of all. Yep. Like, who the F are you? You shouldn't even have this job, right? <laughs> and he's young. Yes. And, he's not, and, on, and on top of that, it's like, look at the veterans on the team. You're going to go bench Marcus Smart? Yeah, you're going to go bench too. Malcolm yeah. Brogdon? How, how are those guys going to take that if you want to, which he probably should have for a lot of the season, but it's easier said than done in terms of trying to keep things together from a locker room standpoint. Now that you're an established guy and clearly the guy that the Celtics have put into place as the head coach, I do think you have a little bit more uh, confidence kind of in yourself, I would say, to probably make those decisions. But I'll go back to something that Gasper says all the time, Saron, and I think he absolutely nailed it. If you are Joe Missoula and you have as talented as a roster as you have right now, you don't have to reinvent the wheel when it comes to coaching, right? Like you, you don't have to roll out this whole new philosophy in terms of uh, of taking timeouts. Just don't get in the way. Just don't get mm-hmm. in the way. You can coach it in a conventional fashion, and the talent will take over when it comes to the Boston Celtics. Don't feel like you have to coach this and, again, kind of uh, reinvent the wheel with, with the way that you're doing things when it comes to the organization that you've taken over. Like when I go back to what, what the way that the Celtics were when Brad Stevens took over, even the Isaiah Thomas years, right? Mm-hmm. You get into the postseason. All right, from a talent perspective, we don't match up with the Heat or we don't match up with the Cavs. So maybe you try something a little different here to to shake something loose. Now you are that powerhouse. So I would just say to, to, to Missoula here too, you've got confidence in yourself now. That's great. But don't feel like you have to reinvent the wheel when it comes to the way that you coach this team either. And and it's, it's so true. And a situation, as you were talking, I was thinking of, a situation, a comparable one to me was the whole um, Spolstra in Miami. Nobody knew Spolstra. He yep. was just a guy that worked his way up under under Pat Riley. And here he is now with the, the, the this new not one, not two, not three championships. LeBron James Wade, first year they went out there and they laid an egg and everybody kind of laughed at them. And you hear the stories about, you know, Spolstra and LeBron and other things that were going on. But the minute that Pat Riley said, nope, I'll throw every one of y'all out of this room, but Spo's staying. The minute Spo had that confidence behind him, he was coaching his behind off, and that Heat team responded and won a few championships. Yeah, they blew a couple late, but, I mean, those were against great Spurs teams. But they, you know, they responded to him, 
And I think you're seeing like what B Rob, you were just saying, this is just, it's, he's got a full year now. He's got a full off season. He's bringing in guys that fit his image. You know, he got Sam Cassell, you got all these other guys and they're okay out there. Like, okay, now I'm confident I'm here. I'm not going to lose my job. I'm going to coach basketball the way I feel needs to be coached the way the team needs to be coached. And they're going to have to respect me and I'm going to respect them. They're going to have to respect me and let it be known. Hey, if you ain't going to ball, I'll take you out. I'll sit you down. I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to get in your face. Like I said, like you mentioned, he's already getting in guys' faces in the preseason. And it's not about changing how these guys play. It's just letting them know I'm the head coach of this team, and we're going to do more than just shoot threes and hope for the best and hope I get through the season. I think they're going to play basketball. And, man, the ball movement in the preseason is looking great. And it's you can already see signs of his image and likeness on this team and I just hope it continues and hope it carries over and leads to a championship because I think they're set up to do some real, real special things with this basketball team. All right, 617-779-0985. It's Tim McCone, Sharon Battle, Brian Robb with you. Uh, see you guys lined up. We'll get to your thoughts on the Celtics coming up next year on 98.5 The Sports Zone. Boston's home for sports. 98.5 The Sports Hub. Belichick and Jones on the field. Throws it right toward the corner. He ends up four makes the catch. Bob and Zoe on the call of every Patriots game. Holy smokes, your quarterback is cooking now. On the flagship station of the Pats, 98.5, the Sports Hub. All right, back here at 98.5 The Sports Hub. Tim McCombs, Jerome Battle, Brian Robb with you. In for Gasper and Murray, but have no fear. Gasper and Murray, again, going to be joining you at 3 o'clock live from Las Vegas to get you ready for Pats and Raiders uh, tomorrow. Right now, though, talking Celtics with you. Let's get to your phone calls. 617-779-0985. Mike is in Shrewsbury. Mike, what's on your mind? Tim, before I get to the Celtics, I just wanted to say, uh, last time we spoke was... You told me that UConn was going to smoke Providence in hoops. Uh, PC ended up winning that game, but UConn obviously smoked them at, at their place, beat us in the Big East tournament, and won the title. So congrats on that. Uh, but hoops is around the corner, so I'm excited about that. I appreciate that, Mike. I appreciate that. We'll see. I'll tell you what, Providence could be pretty good this year. Pretty good under Kim English. I think so, you know. too. Yeah. I, I, I think so, too. You, you know, uh, you know, UConn had their late-night madness last night. I'm going to the PC interest squad scrimmage tonight. So it's, it's uh, exciting. But um, for the Seas, you know, you look at their their the guys that they got in the starting lineup, and I'm getting no way vibes. Like, this team is absolutely loaded, but I do worry about the depth. Uh, one thing that they didn't – they've tried to fix but still haven't is um, – a backup wing behind Tatum and Brown that can score. Uh, Don Ari was that guy last year, or they were hoping he w- would be, but then he got hurt. Um, is Brissett that guy? I don't know. I, and I think that's my biggest question at this point. All right, thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate it. Saron, where are you at with the uh, with the roster as a whole and the depth uh, for, for the Celtics coming into this season? I mean, I think because they're legit six deep, like good. <laughs> play, I mean, 
you, you got three, four guys that have been all-stars in the league. So I think there's not going to be stretches where it's like, there's not going to be an all-star caliber player on the court, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's going to be times when Porzingis is with the second unit. There's going to be times when Brown or Tatum, excuse me, or Holiday or Derek White. There's going to be stretches where one or two of those guys are going to be on the court, um, you know, with, with the second unit. That being said, I'm not re- not so much concerned about the the wing the scoring behind them, and one of the main reasons is I don't think there's a bunch of teams in the NBA that have second that got guys on the bench that can drop buckets because those guys are starting because there's not that many in the league, and majority of the league of guys that can stand around three point line and 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 shoot a couple jumpers can Brissett do that do that no I don't think that's his game I think he's more of an old school slasher he's a guy that can get out on the on the break. And if they get up and down the floor and they run with that second unit, Brissett will have a, a huge impact because he's a, a legit finisher, probably one of the best finishers on the team. But I don't think they that's going to be an issue for them because I don't see other teams um, depth being that much better than theirs. I mean, you might have um, the Suns with Gordon or somebody like that that can come in and get you quick buckets. But I think they're scoring, man. I don't know if it's going to keep up or whatever, but Man, that playoff, I mean, uh, preseason P is out there killing people. And if you have the ability to shoot the ball with a guy like Pritchett and you put him out there with one of the other starters, the second unit won't be that bad. But I think I think Stevens has more wiggle and a little more game than a Grant Williams, if that makes sense. Same type of body. He can get on the glass. He killed the Celtics last year in a game on the glass, too. But I think Stevens gives you a little more scoring than a Grant Williams can. Grant can hit that corner three, but outside of that, I think Stevens is a little better offensive player. And I don't know how much Jordan Walsh or other guys are going to play, but I think the bench is going to be good enough for this team to win a championship. I think they're going to be a pretty solid team. I think they're going to be solid defensively more so in keeping other teams from getting a lot of buckets on them when the starters aren't in the game. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Saron. From a standpoint of just look at the supporting cast now around Tatum and Brown. It's like you don't need a wing to come in and score because guess who can score when those guys are on the bench? Porzingis and Drew Holiday. Yeah. Like you you, you took care of that problem. And then like you mentioned, like if Peyton Pritchard is coming playing like this this year, like that's seven guys legitimately that can put up double digits 30. any game. Exactly. <laughs> on any given night there. So you, in my mind, I'm almost happier that they have a Brissett or a Lamar Stevens because Last year, I feel like they didn't have that energy guy. They didn't have like a defense mm-hmm. who could like a, a dirt dog, a guy who could get after it. And now you have a couple guys like this, and we'll see how this shakes out. We'll see who makes this team. Uh, Stevens is still, you know, not guaranteed anything, but I think he's shown that he can be that guy in Cleveland last year. And you're not going to need 15 points out of him. You might need the offensive rebound. You might need the tough defensive stop in a random part of the second quarter. And I think those guys should be capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. And and, and oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, Strong. Go ahead. What I was going to say is I think people are wondering who the, the Grant Williams replacement or whatever. I think by them signing Porzingis, Porzingis isn't the Grant Williams replacement. By you bringing in Porzingis, Al Horford is now Grant Williams. He is your big that not going to play as many minutes as he did in the past, but he's the big guy that can stretch the floor and you're not asking him to take a bunch of shots like you would have in the past because of Porzingis. And I think Grant Williams is now your, your, I mean, excuse me, Al Horford is now the, in the Grant Williams role and more of a veteran guy, bigger body, whatever, and depending on the matchups, whatever. But 
I think they've kind of replaced some of those, you know, filled some of those needs and some of those holes that we were saying with the teams by being able to shuffle around all this talent. And when you have a bunch of guys, like legit, like B-Rob just said, you got a bunch of guys that give 30 on any given night. You might have three guys that give you 40 on any given night. But you're in a situation now where the last thing you probably need is another guy that wants the ball. You want some guys that don't want the ball. I'm happy setting screens, rolling to the basket, doing whatever, because now you got more guys that are standing around with their hands out, give it, give it to me, give it to me, where you have enough offense to win a championship in this league, and you just need dogs now. You just need athletes. You need finishers. You need guys that when Caleb Martin is doing this thing, you can bring in and say, hey, match his athleticism. Give me some match that energy. You need energy, hustle, bodies. You just need more bodies now as opposed to somebody that wants the ball. You don't need a Jordan Poole type on this team yes. because you have enough scoring and, and enough. It's not, there's already enough to go around. 617-779-0985. Let's go to uh, Tom in Newton. Tom, what's on your mind? Yeah, hey, fellas, just want to wait on the Van Gundy move. Uh, I think it's great. I'm excited by it. You know, I think it is a little bit, you know, unconventional. It's not every day you hear about a former play-by-play guy, ESPN guy, you know, a name like his uh, joining the organization in this capacity. But between that and Drew Holiday, I I think this is exactly what the doctor ordered for this team. I mean, the problem hasn't necessarily been talent or health or any of these things. It's been been attitude. It's been having veterans, names, guys who've been there and been around it, who at the end of the season know what the attitude needs to be. And I think when you bring in Drew, who's like 33, you bring in uh, Van Gundy, a huge name in the NBA. Like These are the guys you need at the end of the season. I will say, though, it does sort of put Missoula in a weird spot. Like It seems like he's kind of the odd man out. I don't think he was doing this team a lot of favors at the end last year just in terms of uh, adjustments and defense and other things. So I'm just kind of curious about his uh, continued role on the team. It seems like everything else, though, is going in the right direction. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Tom, I think we, you know, we talked about it a little bit la- uh, last segment, but, you know, B-Rob and Saron, like for both you guys, I-, I do think there's a bit of a double-edged sword there when it comes to Missoula because I do think, all right, we're going to surround him with resources. We're going to put him in a, uh, a situation where he can be successful as a head coach, where he has the ability to lean on guys that have head coaching experience in Brad Stevens and uh, Van Gundy, certainly, um, and then also assistants that – uh, have been legit head coaching candidates in the past. That's great. That's awesome. It's a it's a better staff than what you had last year, no question about it. It also, though, does open the door for, hey, you just lost four out of five early on <laughs> in the season where people start going, hey, you know, you maybe Cassell should be in charge here. Or maybe you bring Van Gundy down and, and give him a look too. So, yeah, I think it could be a little bit awkward. Here's the thing. I don't expect that to happen with this team. I think they are going to be loaded. I don't think there's going to be a situation until maybe it goes off the rails in the postseason. But regular season, I expect this team to win a lot of games and that really not to be a conversation. Yeah, and I think one thing you got to factor in, a lot of these teams are going to look different now. Now with the NBA putting that 70-game Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point, Saron, yeah. If you want to get paid, you want to get more likes and retweets and – Make All-NBA, All-Star, you're going to have to play 70 games now. So now you're not going to have those late-season, you know, fall-offs or those mid-season things because of this guy sitting out, that guy is out or whatever. Now your star players are going to have to play. They not have to. Well, if they want to make the money, they're going to be playing a majority of these games. So the good teams are really going to separate themselves because now you're going to have Kawhi and Paul George on the court. Now you're going to have... Tatum and Brown and Porzingis, and, and now 
uh, Holiday, those guys are going to be on the court a majority of the season now. So you're not going to have those slips and fall offs against bad teams because this guy's been out two weeks. This guy's sitting out or whatever. You're going to see more effort, not just in the, hey, I got to play 70 games to get paid. But now they got this in-season tournament thing that these guys might be playing a little hard for. So the NBA has done things that where you're going to have your best five on the court for majority of the season. And I think this Celtics team, it's hard to find a better five than this. And Missoula might be in a situation where all he has to do, like over in San Francisco, and hate the cross sports, the Niners, don't mess it up. He's like Brock Purdy to this team. Look, we got all the talent. We just need you not to mess this thing up because this team could be one of the better teams this franchise has seen in a long time. But I, like you said, I agree with you, um, agree with you, Tim. I don't think he's going to be in a situation where he has to look over his shoulder. I think this team is going to make him look pretty good. And you could see him coaching the all-star team. I'd be shocked if he's not. You know, I think this team is going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference by, by, I think, a wide margin. All right, 617-779-0985. See you guys lined up. There is one open phone line. If you want to jump in, grab it now. We'll get to your uh, thoughts on this. Plus, Caller brought up just kind of the aggressiveness of the Celtics this offseason. I want to get uh, your guys' thoughts on that as well. We'll do that next year on 98.5. Boston's home for sports. 98.5, the sports hub. Um. Boston sports fans wake up with Toucher and Rich. Weekdays at 6. Now, more hot takes on the sports hub. All right, back here at 98.5, the sports sub. It's Tim McCone, Sharon Battle, Ryan Robb with you. 617-779-0985. Uh, let's go to uh, Elliot in Boston. Elliot, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, the only thing Brad Stevens didn't do during that Drew Holiday press conference was light up a cigarette. I mean, did you see his face, you know, when, <laughs> when, he's, when he's looking at Drew. It was, it was admiration. But um, during the game with uh, Philly, KP had a sequence where – he blocked the shot, grabbed the rebound, initiated the outlet, and then drained uh, a three-pointer probably 10 feet off the three-point line. I mean, I know we're not supposed to talk about religion. The only thing I ask for, whatever God you pray to, 65 healthy games in the playoffs. The biggest thing that the Celtics need to do is manage this guy because, realistically, he can be the piece that takes you to the championship. Hey. I mean, Hello? Yeah, yeah, I, look, look, for me, and and I don't know how you guys feel about it, talent has never been the issue when it comes to Porzingis. And no. so, um, you know, you look at him and, and what a unicorn, and I know that's been thrown around with him, but he really is. When you're talking about 7-3, it's, it's him and Wembenyama, right? The guys of that mm-hmm. size that can kind of do what we're talking about here. It's the health concern. And so I've, I've said this, and I, I really – since the day he got drafted. The only thing that concerns me about him is that when you go through the history of the NBA, 7'3 is freakishly tall for a freakishly tall league, right? You are talking about Mm -hmm. one of the 25 biggest players to ever play in the league, and when you start to talk about guys that are that height, injuries are real, and and just the, the wear and tear on your body 
is legit. And it would be the same thing that would scare me if I was a Spurs fan as it does with the Celtics fan, which is just, I don't know how durable those guys really are. And history tells you that they're not durable. So when it comes to Porzingis, I have no other fear other than that, Sarone. I'm holding my breath that for a a, a season here, uh, we see exactly what Elliot saw because what you what you saw is legit, and he is a unicorn. There are that's what he does. <laughs> there are people in the league that are supposed to be able to do that, and he can do it. The question is, can he stay healthy? At least in my mind, that's what it comes down to. It does, and it, with him, it's never like you said. It's never about talent, and it's and you mentioned the being a seven footer, like guy like Wimby. It's not that he's just a seven-footer. He's a seven-footer that plays like a small forward. So when you have seven-footers that do that, they're cutting more. They're running more. They're they're hop-stepping and spinning and jab-stepping. Whereas years ago, a seven-foot-three guy, he would just stay in the middle of the court. You run down, get on the block, he either jump, hook, up and under, Kevin McHale style. Yeah, yeah, That's what those guys used to do, so they lasted longer. But when you start asking these guys... To be at the top of the key and you pump faking and trying to skip through the lane at 7-3, now you're stepping on somebody's foot. Now you're rolling an ankle. Now you're you plantar fasciitis. You're getting more issues when it comes to the wheels. So with him, every time I'm watching and he drives to the basket, I'm like, oh, God, don't bang knees with somebody. I'm just looking for something. But I think with him, we're going to be watching him. We're going to watch everything he does. But I wonder, like him, Bradley Beal, some of these other guys, I wonder how many games did he miss because the team around him sucked and they weren't doing anything and he sat out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, also now I get a chance to get out of Washington next year. Okay, let's see what happens here. Let me let me play. Let me stay on the court a little longer because we haven't seen Bradley Beal in two years either. Yeah. And I don't know if he really got hurt or if he was just sitting out. Dame over the last couple of years playing very little games because the team was terrible, so there was no reason to play. With Porzingis being on a championship level team for the first time in his life will that make him say you know what my thigh didn't hurt that bad my ankle's not hurting that bad I'm gonna play more games because we got a chance to win whereas in the past I wonder did he sit out so many games because it was like there's no reason for me to go out here and kill myself for 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 something that's not going even in Dallas that run they, they knew they weren't that good but now with him being in a chance to actually play on a winning team Will he play through those little aches and pains and try and reach that 70-game mark so he can continue to make money and make all-star teams and stuff like that? So that, that's where I'm at when it comes to Porzingis. B-Rob, where, where are you at kind of with Porzingis and, and, and his value to this roster and any concerns that you might have? Yeah, the, the value has been on tremendous display in these, you know, these two games we've seen him. Um, the, I have the same concerns that you do, Tim, as far as the, the health goes, but... In my mind, the good news with him on a night-to-night basis, I think the grind on him is going to be a lot less here than it's been in other places. He's not going to have to mm-hmm. put up 20, 25 a night. He's third nights, he might only need to score 10. But if he can provide some you know, shot blocking and rebounding, that, that might be all the team needs on when Tatum and Brown are going for 30. So it's a situation where you just have to manage him. You have to keep the long view in mind of him. But the buy-in factor for him has been really encouraging from my standpoint and the fact that he's like, He's been around the block. He's seen highs. He's seen lows in this league. Now he just wants to win, and he sees a pretty clear opportunity to do it here. The starting five, B-Rob, any, any questions or debates when it comes to the starting five? Yeah, I wanted to throw this out to you guys because I think it's a fascinating. We, we, we haven't seen them fully healthy except for opening night. Drew Holiday came off the bench there. Joe Mazzula says don't read into that, which I think most people didn't. But now we had 
Zach Lowe of ESPN this week talking about his podcast, saying like, you know what? I think this has a little bit of legs. And I've kind of been poking around with people of the team too. And I do think that they're legitimately talking about it as a possibility. Be like, hmm, maybe we'll have Drew be like the, the super six man. Obviously, Derek White could be in that role too. Al Horford, if you want to just go one single big here. So I'm surrounded. Like, I'll throw it to you here. Like, what's what's your ideal starting five on a night-to-night basis when everyone's out there? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I honestly would like to see – I want to see Al and Porzingis play together. I think with those two on the court because of the ability to stretch the floor, and I think Al's underrated as a passer. I think he want to be the, one, of, one of the best passers on this team. I think I'd rather have the double bigs because I think that's just something that teams can't match up with. That's what's going to make them impossible to score on. I would actually go with the with their best players. I would put Holiday at, at the point with Jalen Brown, Tatum at the three, Al at the four, Porzingis at the five, with Derek White coming off as your six man. He's your now. He's your Malcolm Brogdon now. He's your your six man of the year candidate type guy. And I think his attitude, ego and everything else, it'd be easier for him to come off the bench without any problems or any locker room issues than anybody else. I'm not saying those are bad guys, excuse me, but I think, man, you put Jalen Brown in, in Holiday as your guards up front with Tatum at 6'9 as your three without Wolford and Porzingis with that size, nobody's going to be able to match your size. You have elite shooting at literally all five positions, and you can stretch the floor which would allow Jalen Brown and, and Tatum and Holiday to get layup after layup, and it'd just be a matchup nightmare for everybody in this league. And I think I'd put that as my five with Derek White as my sixth man. I like that because you know what? We talk about kind of Drew Holiday being sort of an energy guy and that, that piece that, that smart sort of was for you, the guy that kind of brings the intangibles. But I think it kind of gets overlooked that Derek White is also that, that type of player. Really good defender. Um, energy, all that stuff. And to your point too, Sarone, I think that's a guy that you can kind of look at and say, all right, you know what? This is someone that would be kind of willing to accept that role. That would be one of the things that would make me nervous uh, potentially about uh, Drew Holiday coming off the bench. And I'm not saying that he's going to, um, you know, pull a Kyrie and tank your season or something like that if he's the sixth man. But, um, you know, a guy that's as established as him and kind of has that resume uh, putting him in the starting lineup, I think, would allow him to kind of have the confidence to be the player that he is, where I think that Derek White might be more accepting of that six-man role. So I'm kind of on board with your plan right there. This is certainly a good problem to have, though, when you kind of talk about it. I, <laughs> yes, it is. I, I, I just I give the Celtics a ton of credit. Look, I think it's going to work. Um, you know, I think that they should win the championship this year. This is really the first time, you know, I think they've had a team that's capable of doing it before. But this is really the first time I look at this team since the KG, Pierce, Ray Allen, Big Three, where I go, you should win the championship, right? I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times before I've looked at it and said, no, you have the pieces and sort of the ceiling to do it. Now I look at the roster right now and say, you should win the championship, you know? And so I give the Celtics a ton of credit for being as bold as they were. I don't think there are a lot of organizations that would go out and have the offseason they did when you have a, a team that's perennially kind of in the Eastern Conference, right? I think a lot of people would play it safe and just continue to run this thing back. And I give them a lot of credit for shaking this up as dramatically as they did this offseason because that's not that's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do. And Drew Holiday certainly, I don't want to say fell in their lap at, at the end of this season, but 
That's smart for Porzingis move. That's a ballsy trade. That's it a, is. That's a ballsy <laughs> trade to make. It and, is. And then you throw Drew Holiday on this, and, and you've kind of reshaped this thing. I mean, that's a that's a big-time offseason right there for the Celtics, guys. I, I would compare it to, and I've always compared their arc to the Warriors because I felt people people feel like Stephen Clay just showed up and they just started winning championships. No, they were there for a while. You had to be willing to accept Monte Ellis is not a part of the equation. Yep. You had to Mark Jackson, the ownership had to say, you know what? We, we the Mark Jackson situation, he's not our guy. He's not going to get us over. Similar to I would say similar to Brad Stevens, but changes had to be made. David you know, Lee, Mark Jackson, right? you know. Take it. Yes, David Lee. Um Harrison Barnes a little later after they had won it. He was another guy that was there and one of their future guys. But even on the front office side, people forget they brought Steve Nash in as a consultant, similar to the Van Gundy thing. Steve Nash came in. You bring in a Mike Brown as an assistant, bring in Steve Kerr. And immediately their philosophy was, you know, you got this dude on the bench named Draymond Green. He's not getting any playing time. Let's throw him in the starting lineup. And everyone's like, well, this dude can't play. But he fit what they were trying to do. And after six or whatever years it was of them not really getting over, we knew the Splash Brothers, but they couldn't beat the Clippers. They couldn't get over the top. And after one offseason of making all these moves, I forgot they, they, they made a deal for Andre Iguodala, similar to the holiday type thing, a defensive guy, great player in Philly. You bring in Iguodala, who's willing to take a lesser role. You bring in the Livingston and Mo Spates and all those type guys. And next thing you know, this team goes from not being able to beat the Clippers to Man, could they beat the 86 Celtics and the 96 Bulls? Like the same team. <laughs> and it's it happened. They became, they went from being a team that was chasing to a team that was hunted, and they didn't lose their core guys. Splash Brothers stayed. Tatum and Brown stayed through all this. They couldn't get over the hump. But when you stop, when you have an organization that's saying, you know, we're going to build around these guys, we're going to make them the best team in the league and make everybody chase us. And you got to give the Celtics credit and props for saying, no, we're going for it, not just this year, but we're going for it every year. We're, we're just going to be competitive. And, man, Tim, I agree with you, man. This, I know it might sound weird, but, man, this team, they, they, they have 08 vibes. And in 08, you remember when they put them together, nobody said, oh, this is a guaranteed championship. There were still questions. Is KG too old? Has Ray got bad ankles? Oh, their bench is old. PJ Brown's old. Yeah, what can what can you know Posey and and Eddie House? What can they really bring? We didn't know. And then like a week into the season, we was like, yo, this is their championship to lose. And I think with this team, they're even younger than that team was when they got put together. I think you're looking at a real special team that can really make some noise, some historic noise in this league. And I think they, they're loaded, man. This is a tough team. They're a tough team. They're going to be a tough team to beat in a seven-game series. All right, 617-779-0985. Tim McCone, Saron Battle, and you. We'll get to your phone calls after this. Boston's home for sports. 98.5 The Sports Hub.